0: What is HyFlex and how does this modality
1: work? Wait, first off, what is course design? And how do we
0: design classes that encourage intrinsic engagement? How do you increase flexibility and honor student agency? Welcome to a Safe Topics mini series where Sean and Curry talk about why we teach and how we teach.
1: Curry, we're here in week nine, so we are officially starting the back half or the second half of the semester. I know you're starting an eight-week class um, for the second half of the semester, which is asynchronous, but last time we talked um, in this series, we were in the first week of HyFlex and the first week of being back on ground, online, all of it. How are you doing right now in terms of your 100% on ground class?
0: I'm doing good. You know, it's that first week The normal kind of we're here, it's new, what's Mm -hmm. happening? In addition to that, we haven't been here forever. So that was the kind of you know the spirit of that recording, that moment. There's definitely the normal mid-semester wall, I think, (laughs) happening. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) I'm feeling it. I can tell they're feeling it. But but man, this class, this especially this, I mean, the two classes I've been teaching, the asynchronous 202, critical thinking and composition. And this English 100 uh, on campus class they're just a special group both really are like um, that my 100 or yeah my English 100 class a cohort of them are going after class to the writing center in the library all on their own to just hang out and work on stuff Um, so it's just a it's a cool group so we're feeling that kind of uh, it's you know the labor you know the the exhaustion but you know we're we're hanging with it. it's It's still good stuff. I, I feel like there's at
1: least two contributing sides to that. The one is, yes, they're back on a campus and they're in college classes and they're physically there. So taking advantage of those resources that are actually on the at the college um and in person yeah. is one part. And then the other part is maybe a little bit how we are teaching with kind of a freshness and a newness, you know. Yeah. And I, I feel that, too, because it's like being back, it almost feels like that first semester that you yeah. taught, like yeah. that, like with these special groups yeah. and each class is great. And, and semester to semester, there's some better than others, you know, it feels like or some that are more engaging than others or or whatever. Yeah. But this is like this is like we're we're all coming back like collectively from something. Yeah. And I think the spirit of that still is alive um, eight weeks in, even if like the newness of coming to the actual classroom has worn off a little bit.
0: No, totally. That, I think that's absolutely right. And I think it's also true in my experience teaching You know, for the last 10 years, every time I refresh a course, so it's new content or new activities or new projects, that semester always does feel like we're building this together, like there is a special relationship with that particular group that starts to wear off a little bit. Third semester, fourth semester of teaching a curriculum, which that's always to me a signal like time to refresh this stuff. Um, sure. Yeah. The other thing that I think is really I'm really enjoying is this flipped approach that I've taken for lots of reasons. I mean, it's we get into the classroom and we just immediately can start activities they've got notes, they're already talking about stuff usually. And uh, so it's just making being in the classroom feel like there's a lot of energy, like we've got momentum already. It also, so I didn't think about this, I didn't anticipate this, but it also makes me relax a lot more about getting to stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, because it's flipped, it's like, they've seen the lecture, they've got access to the content, here we're just sort of like building drafts or having discussions or revising our work, whatever it is. And if we don't quite get to it all, it's fine. There will you know, <laughs> they'll finish it after class. Like it's just yeah. drafting or whatever it is. You know? So I'm yeah, that that's been really helpful too.
1: That that's a positive thing that's come out of this, I feel like, and maybe part of the evolution of what we do is that. If we can't get to it in class, we don't have to wait till the next time we physically meet. It, yeah. it, it can be carried over into the online space without an encroachment on, you know, the, the, the workload um, limitations that we should be putting on w- what we're doing. You know, we don't want to overburden them with things. And it's like you're taking two classes online and on ground, but rather just tidying up and 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 like fixing loose ends. And that is happening, especially in my class, because we only meet once a week, where traditionally we would meet twice a week. So there is an understanding that a lot of this will carry over into the asynchronous realm.
0: Yeah, right on. So how's that going? How are you and your students feeling at the mid-semester moment? So it, it it's good.
1: Um, I would say that right now we're still lacking the optimal or the um, appropriate technology. Yeah, we've been you you've been to my classroom a few yeah. times, and, and you've actually held a meeting in there. We should talk about that. Yeah. So you know um, the setup and everything has has definitely improved. I've become more efficient. The technology has been fixed so that things happen a lot quicker and and easier. And I got you know, the, the sound all set up the way that I need it to be and things like that. So, and, and I'm getting used to the coordination of both spaces, of course, with the embedded tutor, which has been really instrumental in it being successful. Yeah. But I, I, I've got some, uh, I was evaluated this semester and I had some student surveys and uh, this was one of the class that was surveyed and um, you know, overall really, really good results with the one negative mark being the microphone <laughs> and how it's a small little conference microphone at the at the teacher station at the front of the room yeah. rather than you know the the really badass microphone that's supposed to be the ceiling tile one that picks up everything in the room yeah. so i'm still battling with that a little bit and and they are understanding you know some of the comments in the in, in the student surveys were along the lines of like you know it's it's good and and we're having a good experience but with the high flex thing we you know we anticipated and knew there would be bumps in the road um but they're they're rolling with it and they're actually you know they've been saying things like oh this is going really well and, and this is in person like telling me um not just on the surveys but you know and, and telling me they're so sweet they tell me like you know you're doing a really good job yeah. and and i tell them well the, you know it's them also making the experience a good one. And it's not lip service. Like they are buying into it. They are, you know, waiting out the extra time it takes to figure out the technology. They are making sure that things are like repeated and and that people are being heard on Zoom and in person. So, you know, it is a collective effort and that's what kind of makes it even more of a special group for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Is this kind of like, we are, we are the pilots of we are we are the pilot of this right and and we're doing that together it's not just me as a faculty member being um, the pilot uh, doing this pilot
0: yeah for sure yeah that that sense of shared learning like you're helping me learn this and i'm helping you learn that this is yeah that's that's really
1: and and we've had conversations about how like This may be what the world of work looks like for them, you know, after graduation or currently and how this is helpful for them to kind of learn how to use this modality and half in person, half online kind of thing um, for when they have work meetings and for when they have to do collaboration in their career. So I think in that way, it does get to those soft skills as well. For sure.
0: Yeah. So can you describe some high flexy stuff, like some in detail? What do you feel like is salient in characterizing this high-flex modality, an activity you've been doing, a a practice, something like this?
1: Yeah, so we just did the midterm. And the midterm in my class, in this 101, this introduction to sociology class, is typically in two parts. And one part is um, a short answer part that they do on their own. And it's kind of more essay style. And it's their individual Um, part of the midterm. And then they have a collective or group part of the midterm where they answer multiple choices, multiple choice questions together. And uh, that's actually what you walked in last time when we were, when um, I was showing you the setup so that you can have your meeting. And it was, uh, I got to say like, It went better for some groups than others. Okay. The first thing that I did was I had everybody log on to Zoom because everybody had a device that was able to do that, which is a good thing. Yeah. And I did that for the purposes of like having the roster, (laughs) you know, of who's there. Yeah. And then I got them out into like five groups, They had like six or seven students in each group. And it was a mix of those who are not in the room and those who are in the room, but are also on the Zoom room. Okay. So they got into the breakout rooms and, you know, one person was responsible for sharing their screen and one person was responsible for like actually taking the test for the group. Okay. So I just assigned like one student per group, the assessment on canvas.
0: Yeah.
1: And then like, you know, they, they have to have these three different roles. They have one person who is the screen share. And obviously that person's the recorder. Then you have another person who reads the questions and the answer selections. And then you have, This third person who's the moderator, making sure everybody is heard before an answer is selected. And then whatever their grade is, whatever the grade is on that one test, everybody in the group gets that same grade for that. And, And I do this because like, I want them to do something together as well as individual. The short answers are more like an application thing. So that really shows me their individual understanding but then the multiple choice they can talk about the content and really reinforce it through giving each other examples and teaching it to each other right that's kind of the, so the whole a, point of it
0: yeah a test that's also a space to learn which is also a test i love that mix of assessment and yeah learning and stuff that's awesome
1: it's it's more of just strictly a teaching tool right like exactly. it, it, and it's it, it's in the disguise of this yeah traditional multiple choice right And I just don't like a room full of people sitting down quiet. Like, why are we here? Like, we could do this somewhere else kind of thing. And yeah, Yeah. and it's too silent. Um, But anyway, it was loud (laughs) and it was difficult because like, you know, I I was kind of concerned about like, how are the people on Zoom going to be heard and are they really going to feel like full participants? And in some groups, yes. And then one group in particular, no, because the way that I split up the groups, you know, I kind of just numbered them off in the class and then randomized them in, in the zoom space. And one group was like five students in person and one on zoom. Okay. And that person was like direct, like private chatting me on zoom saying like, I'm not really being heard. And and i went over there and kind of regulated a little bit and said hey make, let's make sure this person's being heard and make sure that they're participating and they were assuring me yes they are being heard but uh, <laughs> but i knew i knew otherwise or i knew at least this person felt otherwise right yeah and so that was kind of rough and then that person was kind of that person was requesting to take the test on their own you know after the session had ended but then by the end you know they were participating more and were willing to uh, accept the same score that the rest of the team got, which they, every team gets high scores. You know, like they, they they can use any resource. They can use the book, they can use the internet, they can use each other, they can use me, you know? And, and again, that goes to the the teaching spirit of it rather than kind of the assessment spirit of it. Right. So that, that was super high flexy because that was the first time that I had them actually all in Zoom yeah. in person and, you know, remote and that they were doing something together and there were varying results maybe some things that i i could think about reflect and ask them that we can change up so that it's more effective but overall i think a a pretty good learning
0: experience that's cool i don't want to spend too much time on technology stuff cuz and and i if what you and i are doing i really want to focus on the pedagogy the practice i feel like the technology stuff eventually will sort itself out but just yeah. for the sake of logistics like if someone's listening to this if I want to think about doing something like this, what, like, do you have to have headphones on everybody to talk in zoom all at once in the space? Or like, did everybody have their own phone and everybody's on zoom talking in or one like, how did you set that up logistically? So.
1: Yeah. So everybody is on the zoom, but most people are muted camera off Okay, in person when the people that are in the room and then one person might have the speaker on so they can hear the people that are, strictly on zoom remotely right yeah um and and so yeah that's pretty much how it's going to work or there's going to be like a lot of feedback and a lot of um yeah you know how zoom gets like all echoey and they can get out of control yeah so they they mute their devices as well as mute themselves on the zoom application yeah and then in addition to that one person will have it and it's since it's like there's breakout rooms it's not you don't get the feedback of the main room. So you, you know, they're all kind of in their own isolated zoom space.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And that, and so the other logistical thing that comes to mind and you'd mentioned this and it's just realizing in the midst of that happening, that a student is not being heard or doesn't feel like they're fully able to participate. How does that student know to direct message you? Is that something that has always been happening or is that something you set up beforehand? So they can, um,
1: you know, in the breakout rooms, they have the ability to kind of flag me down, right? Yeah. And I remember the way that I have it set up is I have the main kind of classroom Mm -hmm. Zoom open, but then I also have my own account on my laptop so that I can visit the breakout rooms. Got it. Yeah. And so with that account, that's the one that they use to direct message me. And I have the embedded tutor. So the embedded tutor was the one actually who first notified me that. There okay. may be an issue in this room Got it. because she's she's visiting each room. Yeah. And then she's like, OK, there's something up here. Maybe you should check it out. Got it. And then that uh, and she has a direct line to me. Yeah. She, uh, she's a co-host in the Zoom. Yeah. So th- that's how I was notified of that.
0: Yeah, that's cool. OK, yeah. so OK, so that makes me think uh, again, we don't have to talk about logistics much longer. But OK, you have an embedded tutor, which is amazing. Yes, I don't. If I wanted to do this, but I love how you structured every group with specific roles. So maybe there could be a role. Your job is just like zoom maintenance and like you, every now and then you check in sound. Okay. Everybody can hear each other. We haven't heard from so-and-so in a while. What's going on. That could work. Okay, cool. All right. I'm over my like logistic thing. (laughs)
1: I'm going to say here in this space, anybody that's listening, having the embedded tutor is almost essential, especially for the first time. Yeah. If I had to do this without, Without her, I I would uh, it would be a lot more difficult, a lot more challenging. I don't think people would feel as involved. You know, she's the one that's uh, speaking up and advocating for the students, yeah. and then also directing traffic in the breakout rooms and making sure people are on task. You know, yeah. so it it's really important. You know, as this is like a a new modality for us at the college and something that you know um, seems really challenging in terms of preparation and execution. It is. And having that person there and having that person understand what you're trying to accomplish is vital to the success of you doing this thing.
0: Well, and it is really important. Um, so you mentioned a meeting. So I I held a meeting with some some colleagues right. in my department. We're talking about HyFlex and we had it in this room. And one of the concerns expressed was, okay, if I have group sessions in my high flex class does that mean that i'm now no longer a teacher for part of it i'm just like technology maintenance person for part of it right i'm just going from group to group solving logistical problems with this computer or that zoom connection or like an echoing mic you know and is that even worth it like is that even something we want to even try to do um
1: you're, you're always both, I would argue, right? And like, so even if it's like a traditional face-to-face only class, everybody's in the room, you're not going around the group strictly talking about content and application. Right. You're talking about like, what the hell are you even trying to get accomplished in this assignment? And what are the steps, you know, right. Right. and doing those reminders and check-ins. The check-ins now have to do with specific technology. And I understand that, but as instructors and college instructors in the modern era, like we are using Zoom, we're using Canvas, we're using different HTML. LMS. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and so even at a very basic level. Yeah, so right. I think that that is now part of our jobs. And maybe that's something, you know, with working conditions and other, know, uh, other people need to, you know, advocate for what we need in that space as far as training and as far as support, but I don't think that that's a reality that's going away. And it now is integrated into part of our work and is part of what it means to be a professional in, in our area.
0: Yeah. And, and I think, so it's part of our job, but maybe what we're saying is we need to like spotlight that this has become part of our job and revisit a lot of these, as you say, working conditions and, And really think about if if we're asking folks to teach in high flex modalities, this will be added to their job, right? This sort of
1: I think so, but I I mean the way that I look at it is number one, I enjoy it. You know, it is another piece. It is another part of the puzzle where we're getting new pieces to fit together. But then a part of it also is the lived experience of of our students. They're a lot more technologically savvy than most of us. um, You know, of our generation. Certainly. And so it it is a way of kind of connecting with them, even if it's indirectly, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, So you just looked at me like I could see Curry. So I I just saw like in Curry's face, like a bunch of other arguments against what (laughs) I just said, like just flash through his head. And then he was like, but we'll move on.
0: But Yeah. Cause like I said, I, I, I think this, what you and I are really doing here is like the pedagogy the practice and digging yeah. those nuts and bolts. And this is worth talking about, but yeah, maybe, maybe we can skirt it for a second. <laughs> By the way, speaking of technology, I probably fucked up your, your camera in your room. I was definitely like, moving Oh no, that thing around trying to, you know, show everybody the room who was on zoom and where we were sitting, like pointed at us. And oh, I'll we come tried, in here's a high flexy thing we tried. I tried to share the screen in Zoom, Mm -hmm. like it had some text on it. Mm -hmm. And then I pointed the camera at the whiteboard area where the projector was showing that screen in the room. So Zoom folks are seeing it in Zoom and we're seeing it on the screen. And then I turned annotations on and I tried to get us to like annotate on the physical whiteboard while Zoom attendees were annotating in the Zoom whiteboard. Oh. Uh, it kind of worked, but it kind of ah. didn't because, because, like, for them, the camera pointing at the physical whiteboard was a tiny box, right? Yes. In Zoom. Yes. And the shared screen was the biggest thing. They could see their annotations, but they couldn't really see ours. It was hard so it to didn't, get It didn't screen. line up. It didn't overlap. Yeah. yeah I wanted yeah. it to. It did on our side. We could see right. their annotations on ours, but we can reverse it. So. So with the the camera we're
1: supposed to have, because I've seen it in action in a different classroom now. Yeah, not not my classroom. Yes, I'm bitter. But yes, it, it's in another classroom and it zooms in really nice. Yeah. Yours yeah. does, too, by the
0: way. And you might want to oh. go in there and fuck around with it before you teach. Oh,
1: OK. <laughs> Damn
0: it. I'll
1: come in extra early tomorrow. Thanks a lot. Yeah, don't invite me into your spaces. I guess <laughs> anybody.
0: <laughs> I touch okay. everything. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right on. Okay, so can I share a high flexy thing I've been trying in my? Yes, yes, class? yes.
1: Please, please.
0: Okay, so I just want to share. I'll share two really quickly. So I'm I'm sharing. I'm teaching an fully asynchronous class, and a couple of weeks ago we had a workshop week. And I I try to set up different pathways. Um, One was the traditional peer workshop asynchronous. So upload a draft. Canvas gives you, splits you into pairs of like two drafts to review. You have a window to complete those reviews, four steps, you're done. So that was one pathway. Another pathway was I was hoping an equivalent amount of time. So if the other thing took you an hour and a half, Um, it, uh, the second pathway was meet with me for 20 minutes in a zoom conference. And I had a bunch of different time slots. Yeah. And then the second one was meet with a writing center consultant for 20 minutes and they have all their time slots. And then the last 20 minutes was give yourself feedback. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the third pathway was just an hour and a half zoom meeting where we started with an activity, worked on drafts, finished up with some question answer stuff. Um, so three pathways in a fully asynchronous class. I had one experience with a student who's skateboarding in New York right now with some friends. Nice. And he signed up for the um, 20 minute conference option. And we had this awesome conference where he's sitting on a stoop somewhere. I can hear skateboarding somewhere going on. So his buddies are skating. <laughs> I've got his paper on my screen. And he's constantly like, you see like the zoom turn off because he's looking at his paper or he's doing some reading or he's adding to his notes app based on our conversation, so it was this really engaging discussion of his writing for twenty minutes in a fully asynchronous class, right, wow. and so I think that's I think that's high flexi, I think yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so that's and uh, but I'm not yeah, so that's one thing. the other thing in my fully synchronous class right so this is the one i'm teaching on campus next week i have a student who is going on vacation it's not a like family emergency it's not trouble somewhere it's straight up he's got a vacation coming up and my class i think i've already mentioned this it's uh, this this class i'm teaching an asynchronous curriculum right right? it's flipped in a way um but it's from an, an originally asynchronous online class um, and so the content is already scaffolded in a way that it works asynchronously. So he already has access to the lecture and the readings. Tuesday's classwork, when we come together, it's your basic kind of, you know, uh, watch something, add something to a discussion space, build a paragraph, and then post it, right? We're going to do that all together when we're in a space. But that sequence of, you know, watch, add, build, post works really well asynchronously, too. So he's going to participate while he's on vacation and then he's going to come right back and he's going to see what we did. His stuff's going to be in that same space. And when he gets back, it's going to be just like kind of, he's stepping right back into where we are. Right. So, yeah. So, and I've done that kind of thing a few times for a few different people. And it just, it seems to be going really well. I guess the question is, is, is that an accommodation? Like, can that only work some of the time? Is that a pathway in a high flex class that's yeah that I'm not totally sure about that yet you know like how how sustainable how robust are those learning experiences on their own? You know, I saw a really interesting
1: article the other day and it was talking about how pandemics teach us or or what have what pandemics have taught us in the past is that um, they usher in a new era rather than simply disappear, right. Yeah. So it's obvious COVID's not going away. And and the refrain, you know, we've heard over and over that people say, um, I can't wait till this is over, right? And there is no over, we know that now. Like this is now something that um, unfortunately that we live with and that we learn to um, adapt to, right? In, In different ways and we have been trying to do that and it's been frustrating at times and sometimes it's worked well. And so in the same way, I think like thinking of this ushering in a new era, like it, it, it is an accommodation for now. It's a response to the pandemic. Whereas in a couple of years from now, it'll be a modality that is super flexible and 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 more to its intended purpose. HyFlex was not created during the pandemic. Right. It was something that was created before, but now seems like a really good option because of the challenges we're facing. So, you know, uh, I think, you know, when we think and the experiences I've had in my class with my students, when they are taking trips, the pandemic has people hungry for trips, you know, like they've been wanting to go somewhere with their families or their friends and enjoy some time, you know, I had a student that had, you know, had a vacation planned in Mexico and it was, they even dropped me a note and said, you know, I'm going to be participating. They usually come in person. Uh, they usually attend in person, but they said, I'm, I'm going to attend via zoom because I'm going to be in Mexico. Yeah. And I made sure that the place that I'm staying has reliable Wi-Fi, blah, blah, blah. Totally. And it, it was seamless. It worked great. And, uh, yeah. you know, somebody else on a road trip and just, um, was on their phone. And then, um, you know, students get sick or they don't feel well enough to go to school. And obviously we're saying, you know, if you feel anything, any kind of symptom, then please stay home. They right. do that and they're able to zoom in. Yep. So in those ways, it it feels and sounds like accommodations. But also we are ushering in this new reality of like, you know, it used to be. And 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 I share this frustration with many of my colleagues that if a student said, hey, I'm going to be out of class next week because I have a trip planned it was kind of insulting, like, wait, like you knew that you had this, this yeah. class that you enrolled in, right? And that's right. kind of the the common, I think, reaction. Right. Um, and some people have more severe reactions than others, of course. But it, it's more like now, it's like, well, you could still do what we need to do and not miss a beat, like you're saying, right? Yeah. Um, or or miss some of the beat, I guess, you know, it, it depends on how you look at it and how and how, how much you feel that the um, synchronous component of it is important significant or contributing to the overall learning right
0: yeah definitely and that gets gets us back to that equivalency yes. value of high flex, right that these pathways are they offer equivalent learning experiences and so if we think about okay what does that mean does that mean uh, participation in a space, yeah, sure. So my students in the classroom are participating. My students asynchronously are participating. There's evidence of that. I can tick a box. That's less interesting to me than, say, outcomes are met. Okay, yeah. So um, uh, based on what you did in class, based on what you did uh, asynchronously, those outcomes, check the box. Okay, fine. I think even more interesting to me and, and vital to me in my pedagogy and how I teach is the equivalent experiences in social learning, right? In in, in community building, in knowledge generation that is contextualized by us as a discrete group of learners uh, in this space, writers and readers, right? That's how meaning is generated, especially in my discipline.
1: And grounded in application, I wanna add.
0: And grounded in application, that's right, that's right. So I think you can have equivalent pathways that in both spaces, in the classroom and asynchronous, where students are allowed to just phone it in. Yes. And that's what I want to always interrupt and, and interrogate and, you know, it, it make vital and relevant and all that good stuff. Right. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we want to, we want to make phoning it in actually an equivalent learning experience is what I'm hearing, right? Because no, people, right. Yeah. yeah, they might be <laughs> they might be using their damn phone to get into the class, yes. and you know, we just want them to be able to feel like they're participating fully or as fully as possible.
0: Nice work, yes, that is that's way, well done. Turning that
1: face. <laughs> one more thing, I want to share because I, I, cool. your high flexy things uh, reminded me of one more. Um, We had this story bird project that I do where they apply um, specific frameworks of the development of the self and sociology to um, a a story that they create a narrative that they write and then they pair with pictures and and things like this. And it's a really great project. It's probably the most fun thing that I get to grade every semester. Cool. And it's usually I I, I do this in the asynchronous 100 percent online classes and, you know, there's some sharing going on in there in the discussion boards and it's good. But this high flex made it better because they they created these stories. They shared them in their breakout rooms. Then they picked like a rainbow ribbon best story. You know, they voted um, who had the best story or or the one that would represent the group or be shared to the entire class. Yeah. And some of them, some of them that won this rainbow ribbon were on zoom and some of them were in person and in both ways we were able to share those stories they were able to read and present their own stories to the entire class whether that's a share screen in zoom or whether that was in person on the projector in the classroom and everybody got to you know hear these five six stories that were selected and it was just like a really great class session. I, I could tell everybody left that class with a smile on their face. And it, it really just showed me, again, the, the potential of this modality to have people connect. And that's certainly something you could do in 100% online, a Zoom class, or an in person class. But the ability for us to do it um, with both modalities simultaneously was really just probably the best high flexi experience we've had this semester.
0: That's awesome. That makes me realize too. So. I can ask my asynchronous students to read to an audience and post that in a space where we'll find it, but I can't offer that same student the joy of hearing that audience in real time responding to their piece as a group, unless we gather in a synchronous space. So there are definitely some limitations uh, to these sort of different pathways and this notion of equivalency that you're making me think about. Good stuff. Awesome, Sean. It's good connecting with you. Catching up. Yeah, we'll see how we're doing further in the
1: semester. So far, so good. And like you said, we're hitting that wall, but uh, we'll see how we feel on the other side of it.
0: That's right. And I think our next check-in is going to be almost to the end. So approaching finals week. So have fun until then.
1: (laughs) All right, you too.
0: This Safe Topics miniseries is produced and edited by Kelly Barnett, who also created the theme music.
1: James Garcia handles our social media and outreach.
0: Follow us on Instagram at #safetopics_podcasts. underscore podcasts.
1: Please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Thanks for listening.